Hey, this is Nate from Central District Cyclery, episode 19, Kent Sinclair. Hey. Um, so we had a funny thing happen earlier this year, um, and, and still kind of going through it, and that was COVID. Um, I don't know if you can call that a funny thing. I, yeah, maybe not humorous. Odd. I had an odd thing happen, a business anomaly. It's, it's interesting to see uh, how it affects some industries and how it affects... Uh, recreation outdoor sports and cycling in general yeah there's been i mean for anybody that wasn't aware i mean like bike shops originally weren't seen as an essential business um so we're many of the shops were down for a period of weeks um and then that loosened up and opened up and we still had to take covid precautions so in our case um we've used one door we bring everybody through the service door one person up to look at bikes but oddly enough there's been such an explosion of outdoor recreation and mountain bikes um we're out of production bikes or complete bikes and um have totally moved on to now to frame up builds and custom as a as a viable way to sell bikes at this point and also some online sales which was new for us um to be able to use third-party shipping solutions to order stuff and send it right to the customer um there's just been like a wave of and it's been difficult to stay in front of or on top of i would say opportunity um numbers have been good generally for here um and i suspect my other shops in Grand Rapids area are doing just as well. Um, but it's been different. We've had to go to an appointment-based system for almost everything. The positive of that is it actually meters your workflow and it gives you a little more... Um, it's easier to order parts because you're kind of now in a, in a, in a cycle or a rotation of service parts. Okay, sure. And that has always been difficult because it was more we were based on more of a drop-off situation and you might get three bikes one day and 23 bikes the next day mm-hmm. where now it's you know we're, we're metering things although i had an aha moment earlier today um the uh the write-up sheets i use for service i buy in packages of 250 i just opened my third one for the year Okay. And I'm really like shocked that I've in case some of those ended up in the trash. They weren't really used on bikes. We've scribbled notes, phone numbers, you know, so I would say 10% of that. It's still probably what 600 plus bikes that you've had in. I can't even, I lost track. And so, um, for me, that's a little unsettling because I used to have a, a little better one-on-one relationship with most of the customers that walk through the door and now there's just people i have no idea i have no relationship other than i worked on their bike yeah people that are just i mean you're busy you're a lot busier so they're a lot more um just a lot more work in general coming through the shop yeah and then you know we had to put the blue tape uh, at the top of the stairs and you know that does keep people hovering there and they show up with their mask and um and they not everybody's just wanted to jump right in yeah. You know, like, and then there's the other people there. You were like, you have to slow them down because they get, 
they're going to go look at bikes and you're like i don't actually have yeah, much to uh, show you you know the we're sitting on the showroom floor and right now that's the service bike storage floor yep there's there's uh i can count on one hand the amount of new brand new bikes that have not been already ridden and, yeah. and half of them are in frames and there are wheels next to them and uh it's from my perspective and from nate's perspective it's a lot of fun to be on this end um yeah of how things are working so, so the dynamic is changing can you talk about how um how this explosion and lack of like you don't have room for any of these bikes even if you could get them people are buying bikes and having them sent directly to them from kona that's yeah. one of the shot one of the brands that you deal with yeah. um can you talk about how that's been um how the, how that's helped kona support you as a local bike shop on an instance where somebody buys something online they're not buying it from you they're buying it from Kona. How are, how is that like? How are they able to do that without like pulling the rug out from you and kind of stepping on your toes? How does that work? Well, um, so one, I'll say Kona's a bright spot. We also have the same op- opportunities with a couple of other brands like Norco. Okay. In that, but Kona really has it figured out. So, I can attribute probably thirty-five sales th- this year primarily during covid that all went through the through the kona online it's called crow um did those go straight to did they came did you here. build some of them or do you build all of them or I, I built them all so the relationship with kona is a consumer can go on the kona website look at a bike it'll say hey would you let you know buy now or something on there you click on that it takes it to a commerce site where you can pick size and other things and a real look at into inventory which actually has been good for kona because their inventory is pretty accurate okay um and i'm not saying that it wasn't inaccurate before that but i'm just saying their game had to be a lot tighter with the online well as the as the bike buyer i could never look at the inventory i would yeah you go to the shop and whatever they can get for you is kind of yep you have the intermediary now you go you can see what's it's, available yeah it's full transparency and so with Kona, they, they would take the order. Um, they deal with the sales tax, everything like that. Because the bike's paid for up front, it just shoots through Kona. It, it, if I order a bike with Kona, it, there's easily a day added on because it goes through the credit department or how it, whatever, you know, and then the order gets picked and then it gets sent to us. So a solo bike, I'll usually get in four business days. The Kona Online was like two or three business days, and they're coming from the state of Washington. Okay, so there's they're not wasting any time. As soon as the order is placed, well, it, it, it makes sense. They they've got it. They're it's paid for. It's gone, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's no terms or anything. So like, if I ordered a bike, even if I paid for it, let's just say I paid with it on a card or something like that, it still adds a day to just kind of go through there. Through the dealers. Through the dealer system. Now, Jake and Dan, the two owners of Kona for some reason had an inkling that they took they took covid much seriously much faster much quicker than a lot of companies and they sent everybody home except the warehouse people mid to late february well this is pacific northwest yeah and if 
remember there, I mean, like the initial outbreak was. Yep. Even if it was an actual initial outbreak, the like I think like the first lockdown and the first like kind of warning bells in the U.S. Yep. So as f- as far as the employees of Cone are like nobody's had COVID because they've all been working from home for the most part. Okay. Um, with the exception of the warehouse. And so we'll get an order. We get it shipped here. We build it. We take care of it. And we, we cradle the grave with the customer from there. And they got the bike they wanted. Um, Kona's getting paid. I'm getting paid. Yeah. Everybody was happy. Um, and for me, there was 35 sales when my doors weren't technically open. That's pretty awesome. And we were delivering bikes. We were doing everything by the book, but we were doing things to kind of get bikes to, to consumers. Okay. Um, but when I physically couldn't let people in the building, we could still sell bikes that way. Yeah, that's that's convenient. And we did a bit of that with Norco. Um, Norco's not as... It's their first year in on their online ordering thing. It's okay. not wasn't as smooth as Kona's. And part of it is... Um, it was a little more hidden on their website to figure it out. It wasn't as intuitive to go, oh, click on this bike and oh, I can buy it. I think the old bikes.com websites, that's, that's that Rocky or is that? Nor- that's Rocky. Okay. Norco's Nor- Norco. Okay. Norco.com. Yeah. Which it's gotten better. Yeah. It's gotten better. The other thing is if you just type in Norco, you get a drug, you get the Wikipedia yeah. uh, definition of Norco instead of Norco bikes often, <laughs> which probably throws people. Yeah. Um, I, that's one of those times where you're like, wow, great name. But, um, so Kona for like the online thing has been great from that standpoint. So we didn't have to stock as many bikes and when restrictions lifted and we could start taking, you know, bikes were almost already gone. Well, the restrictions lifted at least here in Michigan and in stages where, um, where some essential work was allowed. They changed because it wasn't just all essential work can do whatever right at the beginning so you could start doing some essential bike service and then general service mm-hmm. and for the most part everyone's still home from work and they're twiddling their thumbs and getting anxious and they're getting out and riding and that's um yeah that's, that's why you see these outdoor like bike events that are just completely packed full of people yep um and it's been interesting, too, the way that that's even developed, where races and competitions have either canceled or rescheduled the fall. Yeah. We're seeing all these Strava challenges. Yeah, there's and, been some really cool stuff. You know. Like time trial challenges. I've heard of a few different teams that are yep. that are, uh, are doing their own, like, custom segments. You have to ride the trail at night backwards up a hill. and. Um, yeah. And I think that's really been some of the fun changes. It's stuff that you would not normally do. And I'm... I'm actually hopeful it sticks. I you do, know, like, I, I, I'm right there with you. It, I don't. Initially, I was pretty like, "Oh man, this is horrible." Now that I'm, I'm kind of coming out the other side of it. Well, I, sort it's, of. It's like it's an opportunity, you know. You're just yeah. like, okay, I could choose to keep doing it the way I've always done it, but I don't. I don't think it's going to work. So now I need to. You mean with like the service and ordering and just kind of yeah. less of a showroom, more of a. Yeah. If you're wrenching on bikes, you're that's a biker's kind of bike shop. And, um, you know, it's been tough to tell people, like, the least expensive bikes that we, we can get to them. 
or twenty five hundred and above, okay. and even that's selling. So, can you talk a little bit about that? So, I want to I want to talk about what's available because okay. um, I've seen a lot of people that are looking for a bike that are looking for a seven or an eight hundred dollar bike, and we've had to push them towards the used, and even that's been the the price of used bikes are going up. But um, so, what's available and I've heard of some changes in the industry. Yeah. So most bikes are Taiwan, Indonesia, or parts that are sourced or from China. And that area of the world had coronavirus the earliest. Yep. And they're, the, the culture is very uh, averse to um, this type of uh, a disease. Yep. So um, they're able to handle it a little bit differently than we are here in the United States. Um, can you talk to what you've heard through the grapevine, through your sources, over what's the supply going to be like? Are, when are new bikes coming around, and when are what's the is it going to? Are we always going to be out of bikes? Are they trying to figure that out, or I, what's going on there? So, part of this is going to be a crystal ball, and part of this is what I know. So, what I know is this. Hey, this is Nate from Central District. Thanks for listening. Tune in back next week for part two. Oh, 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 oh,